0: the mafia won the fan poll the cleveland browns bought votes the bills bought votes does it matter is football finally back after seven months 231 days 5544 hours three hundred thirty two thousand six hundred and forty seconds since bill's mafia has screamed at football so what are we gonna do are we gonna destroy the steelers with their terrible towels their noodle arm quarterback their new highest paid toy on the d-line None of that matters because on Sunday, the Pittsburgh Steelers come to one of the most electric stadiums with electric players like Josh Allen, Tredavious White, Stefan Diggs, Tremaine Edmonds, Gabriel Davis. No, 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 no. What's going to happen on Sunday is the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to learn what it's like to get their ass kicked three years in a row. And that's the bottom line. Because Jake the Bills fan said so.
1: Bills Mafia was good. This Stevie Johnson, Mr. Why So Serious. And you now tuned in to The Lowdown with Jake Jordan.
0: Welcome everybody to the stone coldest place in Bill's Mafia outside of Western New York. I am your host, Jake. This is The Lowdown and we are going to give you everything you need in 30 minutes or maybe a little bit over of what you need to know going into this weekend because football is Back. I hope you enjoyed that little intro that I did. Uh, if you did and you want me to do more stuff like that, why don't you let us know over at, at built in Buffalo on all the social media platforms and let me know with Jake, the bills fan on Twitter, but no with me, I am not alone today. Last week, I kind of did the alone show and don't get me wrong. I like doing alone shows, but this guy is with me all the time. Like we are doing stuff all the time together where it's just shows live on mondays with first round bye or on wednesdays even though this week we didn't do it of maximum marvel or just going on each other's shows you know how it is justice how are you doing my friend
1: I'm awesome, man. I, I really appreciate you having me on. It's just, I mean, like, you know, we're basically partners at this point. So, like, it, it's always, it's always great, you know, doing work with you. So, dude, I was like,
0: I was like, I have no idea how I'm going to stretch, like, because I'm being like a super homer going into this game against the Steelers, right? Like, I'm <laughs> like, I'm like full in, like, dude, we're about to absolutely annihilate them. And I'm like, okay, if I'm really in that mindset, how am I going to stretch that for 30 minutes? I'm sure people would love for me to just blow smoke up every Everybody's ass and talk the bills up so much. But in reality, I think this game's going to be a little bit closer than we think. I think that it's not going to just be so one sided. But if it is, my God, am I going to be excited. But we didn't talk about it on Monday's show, first round by We literally talked about everything except for, you know, totally. The, yeah, we, we forgot to talk about Steelers Bills. And, of course, we'll make up for it when we do our recap of Steelers' Bills next week on First Round Buy. But, no, there's no reason why we should not talk about Steelers' Bills going into Week 1 justice. If I'm correct, you're going to be at this game, right?
1: Uh, no, nah, I'll, I'll tell no? you
0: after. But uh, oh, All right. All right. Well, I know you're not going to be at this game then, but we will somehow find each other in a few weeks when the Bills take on the washington football team that's going to be great Uh, i think uh, uh, quite a few built-in buffalo people are going to be there it's actually going to be really fun and i can't wait for that but justice going into this week one everybody's undefeated going into bill steelers there's a few things that like matchups that i really want to talk about and one of them is going to just be their defensive line versus our offensive line and our defensive line against their offensive line. Basically, a war in the trenches. Uh-huh. What are you thinking? Basically, when it comes to and we're this is the topic we can talk about after with TJ Watt, but their defensive line is no slouch. And our offensive line, we know has some troubles, you know, on the interior, on the on the tackle side. Dude, I'm perfectly fine with that. We watched Darrell Williams lock up TJ Watt last year. I don't have, you know, that big of a concern when it comes to our tackle positions, but just their defensive line as a whole, their front four is really, really good. So when you're looking at this, well, how do you think that our offensive line is going to hold up against their defensive line?
1: Well, I think it's. Because you you have to face Josh Allen and he can beat you so many different ways. It's really hard to blitz him because we've seen what he does against the blitz. He makes the guy miss and then he finds whoever's open. Um, We've seen what he's what he does against, uh, you know, zone. You know, he's there and he's able to be patient in the pocket. Uh, They typically give him pretty good protection. And then, you know, he can move the pocket if he needs to. Uh, But. This particular week we have probably one of, if not the best, defensive end coming into town. Uh Darrell Williams did. You, you said it, you said it yourself. Um Darrell Williams did do pretty well on him last year. Darrell Williams has some help obvi- obviously, but I mean there, that's not you know, that's not like a knock against him because that's yeah. DJ Watt. He, he's now the highest paid defensive player in the history of the NFL for exactly. a reason. Exactly. Um, so uh I I don't think that they have like last year. Josh was coming into himself, right? He wasn't quite mm-hmm. there yet. He had to figure it out because the first half he, he didn't look great. Second half, he figured it out and he basically torched them him and him and Diggs. Yep. Uh, this year, I think that they come out with a little bit more, you know, continuity, a little bit more familiarity. Uh, and then not only that, but you got uh, you know, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, who is probably a better route runner than John Brown. Uh, he's mm-hmm. able to create more separation, uh, get open a little bit more. Gabe Davis is going into his second year. Stefan Davis is going to be in another year with Josh with an actual training camp and preseason. Uh, Cole Beasley, obviously, is Cole Beasley is going to be healthy now. Um, yeah. I just and, and we know, you know, the Steelers, the way that they pass rush. They leave vulnerabilities, right? So they they leave openings for guys like Singletary to take the draw play, find the hole, and and go do damage for for guys like Moss to you know find a hole and and, and you know run through a couple of defenders. So I definitely think there's some vulnerabilities in their defensive line. Obviously, it's a good defensive line. I'm not here to say that it's going to be like a cakewalk, but I do think that we're prepared, especially when we knew this was going to be the first game of the season we had ample time to prepare for them right um oh, yeah. a lot a lot of people are like worried and I guess just because you know you don't want to you know just assume that they're going to blow out the Steelers but I mean for all, int- for all intents and purposes I feel like we will like I just mm-hmm. I, you know you know uh they're you know we, you talked about the trenches their offensive line it has two rookies and I don't think that their rookies are better than our our young guys. I don't think that their rookies are going to be able to block Ed Oliver, AJ Epinesa, Greg, uh, Gregory Russo, um, and, and we'll see if Boogie Basham plays. I don't think that they'll be able to stop them. I don't think that they have enough firepower to be able to, you know, throw too much against our defense. And people keep saying that our run defense is is you know a vulnerability. I don't think it will be this year. I think that you know we're gonna be able to uh stuff the holes and I think uh Star I, I don't think I don't know Star is going to play but even if he's not I think Harrison Phillips can come in and do a pretty good job. I'm mm-hmm. I'm really confident in the team overall. I don't think the Steelers are going to have enough to be able to contend with us um and we'll see, you know, what happens. I think, you know, Mike Tomlin's one of the best coaches of all time and uh I think that they probably will have another winning season. I don't think he's ever had a losing season in his career. Um I can see you know the defense really, you know, carrying them to like a nine and eight record. Um, so yeah. we'll we'll see what happens there.
0: So basically, you covered like see this is why I like talking to you, Justice, because you kind of like covered everything. The entire question, you didn't just answer one part of it. You were like, I'm going to answer every single part of that question. Uh, one of the big things that I want to hit on is our defensive line against. Their offensive line because you brought it up. They've got two rookies on the line, and I believe one is their left tackle, which is where Jerry Hughes and I believe behind him is Gregory Rousseau on the unofficial depth chart that Sal Capaccio put out. So if you're telling me that a rookie quick, left tackle
1: opposite, uh, that who was opposite Jerry Hughes in the starting lineup,
0: opposite Jerry Hughes, I believe was Mario Addison, and behind him was oh AJ my Vanessa. God. Yeah, that was, I I, I know, but, you know, it was an unofficial one. And I believe that throughout the season that could change, especially over on that side where Addison is, you know, just depending on how his production is. But I just want to say that last year, the Steelers started off 11-0. You can argue that that was a benefit of having one of the, you know, easiest schedules I've ever seen in football. Their whole division had it. Mm -hmm. But – one of one of the things that they brought up is that last year, Big Ben was having to get rid of the ball so fast. And that was because the offensive line, even last year, with people that they've had on there for a while, like Pouncey and those guys that they've had as staples, of that offensive line, were just kind of getting old and they weren't able to do it anymore. So Big Ben was having to get rid of the ball super fast. Well, now, basically, that's blown wide open. They've got rookies on the line. They've got dudes that they brought in that are kind of just fillers until they can get staple pieces there. I really feel like it's a revolving door. And I don't think that they have the offensive weapons to be able to be able to, you know, get rid of the ball fast enough uh from our guys going there because we know our defensive line is fully revamped. We've got some tools there. We've got speed and athleticism that we're going to be able to get back there to Big Ben. And I don't think Big Ben has the type of weapons to be able to get rid of the ball before a Jerry Hughes or a Gregory Rousseau or whoever gets back there to him. And Big Ben can't move like he used to. He's kind of like a running tree. So I'm not expecting him to be back there flying around looking like Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or even like Big Ben like 10 years ago. So – I think that the key is going to be getting the most pressure on Big Ben because our secondary, I mean, people, we like to talk about our defensive line, but our secondary is still one of the better ones in the entire National Football League. Yes, sir. So like those, it's going to take a little bit for those receivers to be able to create some space unless, you know, it's Eric Ebron who can't catch a ball, even if it was thrown at the broadside of a barn uh trying to beat us thankfully this isn't a team that has elite tight end play unless they pay they play pat fryer Muth, i believe that's how you say it who they drafted this year but in reality i think too that their offensive attack if they're really going to try to run the ball down our throats with Najee harris i'm sorry i know it's not looking good for star latula to play Uh, They did the estimated injury report thing today where even though the Bills didn't practice, they kind of put what people's designations would have been if they practiced. And Star Latulale was still a DNP, so did not practice, which is looking really good for Harrison Phillips, who I'm so glad is going to be able to play this week because, in all honesty, uh, best-case scenario in the future is that we have Harrison Phillips to be able to take the Star Latulale spot so that we can have a dude in there who's not only a beast and a monster, but can also stuff and stop the run by being a one tech who can take up two dudes. So really I'm just really looking forward to this game only because of course I think the bills are going to go in there and just absolutely pick up where they left off. The secondary for the Steelers is not looking all too hot. I really, they're the only Thing That concerns me is the like people say, oh, the pass rush is going to get to Josh Allen. There might be some jitters there because it's the first game of the year. But Josh Allen last year consistently was one of the best quarterbacks under pressure. So if he's getting a little pressured and he has to run a run to the left or to the right. I don't see that being a problem for Josh Allen. I can, I'm not going to call this game a cakewalk. They're definitely, it's the Steelers. They're always going to be a good team. Definitely don't think they're winning their division this year, but they're definitely still going to be a good team. I'd put them in that category that I have kind of the, I have the Patriots in where they're going to be a good team, maybe a wild card team. But even though they won 11 games this year with a much harder schedule this year and them winning their division, so having to play the first place schedule, I really think that the Steelers are going to kind of struggle this year just because I think the one benefit or the one detracting thing from their offense is still having Big Ben. Big Ben arguably should have retired two years ago but they still have not found a suitable replacement for him. So they have to, they're basically living and dying by big Ben, who is not the same quarterback he was a few years ago.
1: Yeah. And I think it's really uh, interesting that you mentioned how the Steelers and the Patriots are in like the same category for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, on paper, they look like the same team, right? You have great defensive coach, all time. Great. Probably the two best coaches currently in the NFL Mm -hmm. um, in terms of, longevity and like their all-time ranking i feel like they're probably the two highest in who are coaches in the nfl right now right yep. um um you you have a great defense and you know a great defense is cool like it's actually no it's great because everybody wants a great defense but oh yeah, of what course, people seem to neglect is that the bills also have a great defense right we mm-hmm. have genius Level, you know, uh, head coach and Sean McDermott, and also in Leslie Frazier, who's also genius level uh, defensive coordinator. Except on offense, we have Josh Allen, who's a top three quarterback, and ample weapons for him. Versus uh, Patriots or uh, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, who have a quarterback who is not mobile virtually at all. uh, Can put the ball where it needs to go, but they need to get the ball out quickly because. They really don't have the ability to throw deep right now, especially, you know, not the Patriots, because Matt Jones is a rookie. They don't have yeah. any real deep threats. Uh, you know, the, the, the Steelers said that their game plan this year is going to be to throw a couple more deep balls. But we know that that doesn't work against the Buffalo defense. So you're going to have to do that. Quick Deacon Dunk, which is what the Bills want you to do. They don't Damn. care if you do that. That's, that's basically how their defense is set up. You can have that. You know, you're just not going to score a touchdown. So I'm I'm fine with that. And I, honestly, I'm not worried about the run game for either team too much. The Patriots uh, are, are like they don't have Cam anymore, and that was a big huge. That was a huge part of their their running scheme was Cam Newton, you know, taking the ball and having ten blockers out in front of them. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger is not running anything. Um, And Mm -hmm. Najee Harris is a rookie. I can't really expect him to just go crazy like this isn't a Brandon Jacobs situation. I don't I can't see that happening. Right. Especially not on two rookies on the offensive line. You know, I, I don't have confidence in that. So let's say the Pittsburgh Steelers defense is better than the Bills defense. It's slightly. If, if the Steelers' defense is a nine, then the Bills' defense is an eight five, right? Yeah. Now, if you flip that to the offense and <laughs> the Bills' offense is a 10, Steelers' offense is probably like a six five, right? Yeah. If that. So, I, you know, I, I think by just sheer numbers, plus, you know, our special teams is obviously one of the better special teams in the league. Uh, I think we were top five in special teams production last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what it is about our, our special teams slash defense, but people miss field goals versus us. You know, you you come down the field, you, you drive methodically, take seven minutes off the clock, and then all of a sudden you, you're kicking a 42-yard field goal and your kicker misses and you're distraught. And that happened so much. That happened in the playoffs. Justin Tucker, Mm -hmm. who's been said to be the best kicker of all time, missed two field goals in our house versus, you know, this. it's, I think it's a momentum thing. I'm not really sure how, why that is or or why it happens, but, you know, it, it always seems to work out for us. So I'm, I'm confident.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm very confident going into this game, too. Of course the game of football is a game of phases, right? And I would have to say that the bills are very solid in all three phases, which is something that the Pittsburgh Steelers cannot say because the Pittsburgh Steelers, like you said, if you were to say that, you know, their defense is better than the bills, then yeah, if they're a nine, we're an eight five, but our offense, our offense is a 10 and the Steelers are about middle of the pack when it comes to their offense, they're kind of limited. So if you just go by that and our special teams being one of the better special teams units in the league, then it really just goes to show how well built this team is. And a lot of that has to do with Brandon Bean, who hands out the contracts. And speaking of contracts, the Steelers just signed TJ Watt to a mega deal. This is one of the things that we were kind of talking about. You know, people were like, is TJ Watt holding out? Is he not going to play in this game? And the Steelers, the only problem was the Steelers didn't want to do a new deal and put some a lot of guaranteed money in it. The Steelers don't do that. That's kind of not their thing. Well, apparently for TJ Watt, you bend over and you suck it up because the Pittsburgh Steelers signed TJ Watt to a, a mega deal, four year extension worth $112 million, $28 million average per year with 80 million fully guaranteed. That's the highest paid defensive player in football. You already brought it up. So, When we're thinking about this, is TJ Watt going to have a little bit of pep in his step because he just got paid this big contract coming in here to this game against Buffalo? Or is he about to get, you know, a little bit, I'm not going to say roughed up, but he's going to get in there and he's going to go against Daryl Williams with probably some help from whoever's playing left guard, Cody Ford, or right guard. I believe that's Cody Ford now is playing right guard. So whatever it is. I I don't know if TJ Watt is going to come in. And of course it's TJ Watt. You don't let a player like that get disgruntled with you and leave. That's kind of like if you're a team and you let that happen, you deserve to stink for however long you stink for. Absolutely. So what do you think about this contract? Because obviously TJ Watt kind of taken towards the bottom of the first round in the draft that he was in kind of parallels to Boogie Basham. I, or not Boogie Basham, but to Greg Russo, Mm -hmm. obviously the it's it's his first year. We can't say, Oh, Greg Rousseau is TJ Watt. I don't know why I'm seeing that on Twitter. Why are people even thinking about TJ Watt's or uh Greg Rousseau's contract in however many years, four years, whenever we're gonna actually start talking about that, when in reality, you know, TJ Watt has done what he's done and Greg Rousseau hasn't. And the market is going to be completely different by the time. Greg Rousseau's contract comes up. So I don't even know why this is even being brought up. Of course, we hope that we can give Greg Rousseau this type of contract. But speaking of Greg Rousseau, what kind of impact do you think he has in this game? You talked about it. Uh, I kind of brought up to you that Greg Rousseau is kind of going to be behind Jerry Hughes on the side of the line where they're going to have a rookie left tackle. How are you feeling about that, Justice?
1: Well, real quick, I just want to touch on the T.J. Watt uh, contract. First of all, if I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, I'm very worried because there's no reason that contract should have took that long. Like, there's no reason they should have just gotten this done, uh, you know, be like a couple, three games, three days, excuse me, before week one versus potentially the best team in the league. Mm-hmm. There's no reason T.J. Watt shouldn't have been at camp and shouldn't have played in preseason games. There, there's no reason that should have happened. T.J. Watt obviously deserves his money. Like, your, your starting quarterback came out and says as such. Um, like, and who else on that team are you, like, saving money for? Like, I don't understand. Like, are you, are like, Max Dupree? Like, okay, I can see he, you, you paying him. Or, I'm sorry, Bud Dupree? I can see you paying yeah. him uh Mika Fitzpatrick I could see paying him um Mm -hmm. but other than that like who are you saving money for like TJ Watt should have been the priority he should have gotten this like as soon as it was available possible like yeah I I just I don't understand where that line of thinking came from that you you're trying to argue with him back and forth about whatever it is because we we know the how these NFL contracts works is is they try to get every little leverage and advantage they possibly can from a Mm -hmm. player and vice versa um but if a player deserves the money bro just just pay him the money um but okay that's
0: i i just want to tell you the only real problem is not that they didn't want to pay him that money the thing was was the guaranteed money and the Steelers have notoriously always never had you know fully guaranteed like large fully guaranteed numbers so kind of TJ Watt wanted that security of having that fully guaranteed money and the Steelers have never really done that. So they eventually caved. Uh, and one of the things that you're right, there is no reason why it should have taken this long. Uh, I think that there's still some things that go on in that locker room. I think once Big Ben came out and said that I he took less money to be able to sign TJ Watt. Uh, there's just some things that I'm not sure what's going on in Steelers Lane. You had guys like Alejandro Villanueva, uh, one of their linemen who left and went to the Ravens this year, talking about, you know, the culture in the locker room and how veterans weren't doing anything. There were dudes on TikTok. We all know who they're talking about, Juju, who you said who are they saving that money for. Well, they only signed Juju to a one year contract to bring him back. So I, I I wouldn't expect that they're saving too much money to sign Juju but I don't know how the Steelers feel about him. But no, yeah, just bringing up that really the main thing was the $80 guaranteed. And I think for a player like TJ Watt, who you're assuming is going to be a centerpiece of your defensive line for, God, the next 10 years, you're hoping, like, you give him that money. You know he's going to play through this contract.
1: Yeah, and the the NFL is changing, like, Get with the times, like you know. Ever since, uh, what was it? I believe it was Kirk Cousins got his like eighty-four million dollars guaranteed. Oh yeah. Ever since then, people have been asking for guaranteed money, and I know you know. I don't know if the Steelers have had a max player in that time span, so maybe they haven't had the situation come up yet. Mm -hmm. But like that's that's how things are working. Like Josh Allen just got what one hundred and fifty million guaranteed. Oh yeah. You you think that the Bills wanted to do that? No. But when you have someone who's top three at their position, you pay them just like, I, so I, I understand, but I also don't understand. Like, I, I just, I feel like you should be smarter, but you know, and, and you, mm-hmm. cause, cause if now if TJ Watt is Chris, I'm sorry, if TJ Watt is disgruntled, then what now you just shit out of luck. Like, <laughs> so yeah. uh, I, I wouldn't even take that chance, but uh, they got it done. So uh, I guess it's a moot point, but um, to answer your question about Greg Russo, um I'm, I'm really high on greg russo actually um yeah. just just from what i've seen because I, I look at the tape and that's for me that's where i base all my opinions is is looking at them play um you know bump the the draft status bump what i heard about him not being pro ready from a bunch of people who probably don't really know what they're talking about right <laughs> exactly yeah. um so until he gets on the field and shows me, I'm not going to really form an opinion on the guy. And Greg Rousseau got on the field and he showed me in the preseason, he was balling. He uh, put, you know, Sewell, who was a, a top 10 pick in the dirt. Like he, he, he put his quarterback in the dirt, at least um, yeah. ran right through Russo. You know, he uh, had great plays versus the bears. And I'm pretty sure he had a, a good play versus the Packers, but, I, I have a lot of faith in him. I have a lot of faith in AJ Epinesa as well. I want to see more from Boogie Basham, so we'll see how that works out. Um, but I'm I'm really confident in Greg Russo as of right now, which is why I was disappointed when when you you know, I, you, unofficially you said that Mario Addison is going to be starting opposite of uh, Jerry Hughes. That yeah. it's kind of like a you know, it's a little demoralizing because I know for a fact that Mario Addison is not going to give us the same production that Greg Rousseau or A.J. Epinesa is going to give us. So, I, uh, you know, I would, I'm would, i cool with seeing him as a rotational piece. Maybe, honestly, I would like to see him play inside a little bit. He's huge. I don't mm-hmm. really like him coming off the edge too much, to be honest with you. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I see it. I see it. Um, I just want... Uh, I, I want to see Greg Rousseau and what he can do. I want to give him as many reps as possible, so that he, you know, we can't, you know, people may be talking about it prematurely. But if he, if he has the reps and he proves himself, you know, maybe he can become a dominant pass rusher to the point where we might be having this same TJ Watt conversation about him in three years. So, you know, yeah. I, that's that's what I want to see. You know what I mean? So, um, I, I really want him to play as much as he can, and and you know, until he proves that him or AJ Epinesa doesn't deserve to be on the field, or maybe, you know, they're not giving you as much production as you'd like. So you want to rotate them. Okay. I understand that, but you know, just give them an opportunity. That's just, yeah. You know, we, we saw what Mario Haddison did last year with an opportunity mm-hmm. and granted, I understand about his family and, you know, I'm willing to to wipe his slate clean just because like, I wouldn't even know what yeah. I would do if a family member died. Right. that That is devastating. So I give him a pass, but, I don't really think he's gonna give us that more production versus what he did last year.
0: Yeah, I I think, and this is I, I'm gonna tell you right now, I think Gregory Russo makes a couple big plays this weekend. I think that's what happens Me too. And, and in a few in a few weeks, Mario Addison, if he does not show because of course there's also practices in between these games the coaches aren't just looking at games to evaluate whether these guys should be starting or not you can lose your job if you're not doing well in practice so like i think for sure eventually mario addison is either unless if he doesn't do anything he's gonna play himself into a reduced role and we're gonna see more of our young guys that we know we've seen flashes in the preseason We all know, like, we know that these guys, they can go. They're going to go at it every single time, and I'm loving it. Of course, I would have loved for Greg Rousseau to be starting opposite – of Jerry Hughes. That's kind of like your best case scenario. When you draft the kid, you're hoping he can be a starter. But I think that sometimes the Buffalo Bills organization, the coaching staff overvalue veterans a little way too much. So they'll get the start. Like, you got to remember, remember Devin Singletary wasn't the starter. Frank Gore was the s- starter. Like, Frank Gore was Bro, do not
1: get me started on like, taking carries away from Devin Singletary to give him to I, Frank Gore. I couldn't I believe know. it.
0: I know, but like that just hammers home the point that I think that this coaching staff just overvalues these veterans so much when there's young, hungry dudes behind them that can get even more production, but because they don't have that veteran status, they don't get that starting spot unless that veteran plays their way out of that spot, which Frank Gore ended up doing, and Devin Singletary had to basically force his way into becoming the starter that year but even then they were still giving snaps to Frank Gore. So like I I still think that Mario Addison's going to have somewhat of an effective role in our defensive end room, but I don't think he should be the starter. I think he should be relegated to a low snap count and just go in there so he's fresh, he's a little bit older. Of course, he doesn't want all the snaps. We want to have the most effective version of Mario Addison out there. And that would be with a reduced snap count. Let the young guys go out there and try to prove that they are worth, you know, the draft picks that we used on them. So I'm really, really excited for that room. Justice, do you have any final closing points before we talk about our last two things before we get out of here? Because football starts tonight
1: yes absolutely i can't wait for football to start but um real quick i just wanted to say like i would prefer if this is what i have written down right i have Mm -hmm. hughes addison star oliver followed by you know in lower in the depth chart obviously harrison phillips and then vernon butler Um, and then i have russo epinesa that's how my ideal uh, lineup would go whenever hughes needs a breather and then Mario Addison, but I would like Epinesa and Russo to really get, you know, like command of that other side of, of the field so that they can develop and they can get as many reps as possible. And, you know, if if uh, Russo is going through like a slump, you know, where he's not making many plays or he's getting blown off the ball, whatever the case, bring in A.J. Epinesa and vice versa. But I would want them to have as many reps as possible. And we know Jerry Hughes doesn't come off the field a ton because, yeah. you know, he knows what he's doing. He's a veteran. He's one of the best pass rushers in this league for the last, you know, almost decade. So uh, whenever he needs a breather, because he is getting older, then you yeah. throw out Mario Addison, in my opinion. So, I you know, I just, I just want the young guys to get as much opportunity as possible because they are our future.
0: Yeah, exactly. They're our future. And obviously the best kind of, you know, training and practice is live game reps, having those guys go out there against, dudes who have earned starting spots on offensive lines like that's the best way of course in practice you can get some of that but a lot of the times like i said because they overvalue veterans some of these guys are running with the second team they're going against the second string offensive line like the best way to get these dudes game ready is to get them out there against one offensive lines they're not familiar with but two just these dudes that have these level of plays to at least make a starting offensive line in the NFL and then they can practice get that practice in on there now obviously you don't want to do that too much because you know it's a real game the game matters so you don't want to give them too much practice but I think that these dudes have the opportunity that if they go out there they're going to give it their all and they're going to be decent starters whether you know whether or not the coaching staff wants to give them all the opportunities in the world or not but one of the last things we got to talk about going into this is obviously the buffalo bills as a whole i want to get what you think is the biggest factor to get us over the hump this year obviously the hump being the afc championship game in which we lost last year but before we talk about that i want to get into the biggest rival in the afc east we talked about this on the roundtable that we do every monday live on the built-in buffalo youtube channel first round by me and justice do that. It's an awesome show. We always have two guests with us, and we got some special guests coming up next week. I don't know if we Hell really You want yeah. to announce, no, well, announce are, that? On know,
1: Absolutely. Go ahead.
0: Oh, okay. So yeah, this week we're going to have Brother Bill, who I've had on my podcast before. I believe Justice has had Me him too. on his podcast. Mm-hmm. Brother Bill is a big built in Buffalo guy. Gotta love that. And Absolutely. then we also have uh, Akeem going on. Everybody knows akeem especially if you know you know, the shows on here, like Bill's ology, stuff like that. Like he's, he's definitely an integral part of built in Buffalo and Co-founder. I don't think, Yeah. The co-founders. So obviously I've, I've never, I think the only show I've ever done with him was the draft show. So okay. this would be the first time that I've actually done a full on show with him. So I'm excited for that. But justice we talked about in first round by this week, we talked about what team we think, in our division is the one that should scare us the most. Now, people who listen to my podcast know I like to talk about the AFC East a lot. I like to talk about other teams. Obviously this is a bills podcast, but it's important to know about the other teams in our division because obviously we're competing with them every single week. So I think that, you know, we need to be able to acknowledge who we think is going to be our, you know, is going to be our main enemy, this this year, who's the team that we have to look out for? And I'm pretty sure that we had contrarian opinions this week. Mm-hmm. I think that we picked different teams, so I'm going to let you go first and explain which team you think is the first uh, the first one in line to challenge the Buffalo Bills this season.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's the Dolphins because I, I think they have a really good roster. I think they have a really good coach um and as much as this pains me to say I, I do think that they're building something that could potentially be special over there now fortunately they don't have a quarterback right or excuse me they're playing the wrong quarterback um, i was
0: about to say they have one i mean they yeah, got just, one he, he's not
1: starting at the <laughs> moment right exactly um he's so not a captain. how do you look, there are rookie quarterbacks who are captains and you I expect me to w- think you believe in, in Tua, and he's not even voted a team captain? Dude,
0: Zach Wilson got voted team captain for the Jets. Trevor Lawrence did, too. Yeah, like,
1: like <laughs> imagine. That's crazy. And is not a team captain. And it it speaks volumes to me. It, it just confirms – well, it doesn't confirm it, but, like, it definitely makes me feel better about everything I've been saying, which yeah. is – you know, um, I, I think that the, the first couple games for the Dolphins is like murderer's row, like they have a ridiculous schedule. And, um, I think that Tua is gonna lose them a couple of games. Um, so let, let's see. First game they have is it's the Patriots, the Patriots, right? Yep, uh, then it's us, the Bills, yep, then it's, it's the Raiders, Bills. Colts, yep. Bucks, yep, yep. <laughs> I like, yo, like they, I could see two going 0 and 3, and, 0 and 4, 0 and 5.
0: Yeah, I was about to say that looks like a 1 and 4 schedule to me. I mean, I but could, they almost yeah, lost I, to the Raiders. They almost lost to the Raiders last year before Fitzmagic came in and pulled off some ass pulled, like 30 exactly. yard no look bomb. So
1: exactly. And it that's the thing. Like I, I always say, if, if Ryan Fitzpatrick was starting the entire time, they would have made the playoffs, but he oh, wasn't. Yeah. So, you know, Tua would pretty much ruin their season. And I think that Brian, Brian Flores knows that. And I think he's probably resentful of it. And I don't think he's going to give Tua a very long leash at all. You look at that schedule, uh, you know, you lose to the Patriots. That would absolutely suck for Tua because you're definitely going to lose to the Bills. Then oh, you yeah. have to beat the Raiders. If you lose to the Raiders, it's a wrap because yep. Jacoby Brissett is coming in at that point. And um you know so I, I think that you know after that they have the Jaguars and then the Falcons so and then the Texans after they play us yeah again. so they, like there's yeah there's opportunity for for them to get better past that point but I think that Tua is going to get a, used and abused and and I think that eventually they're going to go to Jacoby Brissett and then they're probably going to you know flip their season around after you know Jacoby Brissett comes in and is able to be a game manager and just let their defense and run game win games
0: so you think that they make the playoffs once they make the switch to Jacoby Brissett or do you think they're already so far in the hole that it doesn't even matter
1: um you know I I think like I said I think they have a really good roster so I wouldn't be surprised if they made a run uh thank goodness we played them you know, t- uh, both of our times within like the first six or seven weeks.
0: Yeah, so we early. we don't
1: really have to be a part of that little run. Like for instance, they have the the Giants. They play the Jets uh you know they play the Patriots again I think they could beat mm-hmm. the Patriots the second time around with Tua Texans you know Panthers aren't a great team yet as far as we know so we'll see I'll, although I do believe in Sam Darnold um I think mm-hmm. they could beat the Panthers I think they have a better roster than the Panthers and I think Jacoby Brissett is probably slightly worse than Sam Darnold at this present yeah. point in time but I do think Sam Darnold will get better um but yeah then case,
0: they, they I I just wanted to add on to that they're ending their last three games too are Saints, Titans, Patriots. See that's so, crazy.
1: That's, like that's rough. But the Patriots have the same schedule, and I think mm-hmm. that they'll. I think that they're going to do less. You know, I'm sorry. I think that they're going to do more with Jacoby versus what the Patriots will do with Mac. So that's kind of my reason. Okay.
0: Yeah. And I, I could see why you picked that. Obviously, I'm just going to think that Bill Belichick still has that big old brain up there and is going to be able to pull anything out of Mac Jones, which if anything, the wor- I, I've always said the worst case scenario for Mac Jones is he's a game manager. And I just from what I've seen in preseason, obviously it's preseason. You can't judge him fully off that. But if Mac Jones, if his ceiling is game manager, that is all the New England Patriots need. Obviously, they have been a team that has historically always had really good defenses. They're without uh, Stephon Gilmore for the first six weeks. Some people would say that's a blessing. Uh, uh, Patriots fans that don't know what they're talking about, if you can have Gilly Lock on your team, why wouldn't you? He gives you a better chance to win. Right. um, I I still think that if they have a game manager with those two tight ends, which apparently are going to be healthy going into this week, and they still got Nelson Aguilar and you know, these guys that they did go out and get in free agency, which I'm not gonna call them top tier receivers, but I'm going to say that they're at least a little bit better than what they had last year when they had Cam Newton. So mm. I definitely think that game manager Mac Jones being able to just kind of dunk it over the middle, dump off passes, you know, they're gonna run the ball heavy. I think they're going to be one of those old-school-style teams that tries to run it down your throat and kill you on defense. I think Bill Belichick in the past has been able to do that. Bill Belichick, I think if he can just pull anything out of Mac Jones, they're easily like a nine-win team. I think they're a nine-win team that are you know just on the cusp of making the playoffs in the, uh, in the AFC in general. I think that they're going to be a wild card. Uh, one of the things is I just think the Dolphins are going to be bad this year, man. That's that's the thing. I understand that, right, they've got some special players on there. They've got Xavier and Howard. they got got running backs like Miles Gaskin, dudes who can get it done. They've got Will Fuller, who they signed. They have Devontae Parker still. Like They're not a slouch of a team. However, I think Tua, like you said, is kind of like that thing. Now you're basing it off of, If they pull Tua, I don't know if that happens this year. Obviously, I would love if it did because that's just more of a benefit for the Bills. You view it as maybe a little bit of a benefit for the Dolphins because they'll be a little bit better. But I just think... That the Dolphins as a whole are gonna have a rough season. I think they overachieved the last year, they got lucky in so many games based off of turnovers or special teams plays. That's not going to happen on a consistent basis. It did last year, they got 10 wins, they didn't make the playoffs. The ball don't lie. I think that's not gonna happen this year. And I think that they're going to be third place in the division. Hell, I've seen some people say the Jets are gonna be better than them. I'm not gonna go that far, but I think they're third place in the division, but I don't think any of our division opponents uh, except the Patriots have the capability of winning double digits when it comes to their schedules, because the Patriots are playing the third place schedule. So they have it a little bit easier going into this year. So definitely I'm, uh, I'm looking for the Patriots to possibly be that team that's kind of, you know, is mediocre enough to be able to squeeze into the playoffs, even though I think the AFC is substantially getting better that we're going to have, more 10 win teams like the chargers or teams like that that are going to be taking those wildcard spots than the patriots do but speaking of the playoffs uh there was a hump that the buffalo bills every single year we've kind of reached a hump that we have to get over right there's going to the playoffs okay we got to the playoffs but we lost okay next year the hump is we got the playoffs we need to win okay we won two games we made it to the AFC championship got stopped there lost so now the hump is to win the AFC championship game and to go to the Super Bowl obviously there is a lot of love for the Buffalo Bills out there not something we're uh, so accustomed to seeing lots of people picking the Bills to win the Super Bowl this year and it's realistic I, I mean I can't see why anybody it's not like a few years ago, if you picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl, you'd be crazy. But now people know the Buffalo Bills are on the radar. So what do we need to do to get over that hump of the AFC championship game, which we're just going to assume we're going to be playing the Chiefs again? What do we really need to do to get over that?
1: Uh, most are our pass rush, which I think Brandon Mean was in the midst of doing, which I think he has already started the process of doing. Um I see if, if Greg Russo and AJ Panessa come along and they're as good as we think that they could be. Uh, yeah, I think that is exactly what we need. Um, because if, if they're able to provide pressure, then that kind of puts less pressure on guys like Milano and Edmonds, uh, and they're able to hopefully, um, you know cover somebody uh, in the middle of the field um and and not leave wide open you know holes for for guys like Travis Kelsey. um hopefully we're able to contain Tyreek Hill a little bit better because those two guys went absolutely bonkers on us um mm-hmm. and you know the the run game um i honestly i just think that the defensive line is going to be all the difference we'll we'll see it um you know come sunday if if they're real or not but I think that they are real. I really do, especially because we had to let go of somebody who had one of the best preseasons of any player in the NFL. We had to trade him away because we didn't have enough spots for him. Like I, I think yep. that that, you know, says a lot about Brandon bean and and what he does and you know how he recognizes what weaknesses we have. Offensive line was also relatively uh, you know a weak. it was probably the second biggest weakness to the defensive line go out and you draft a bunch of guys you sign some guys um you know for depth and i i think those were the two biggest issues not to mention we were injured you know we had a lot of injuries um and you know the referees weren't really calling anything in our favor yeah (laughs) but you know um i think that the defensive line is probably the most pertinent issue and i think that brandon bean is already taking steps to address it
0: dude 100 percent My answer right on the dot was going to be the defensive line because I'm going to say it right here, right now. The Bills substantially, and this isn't something that's going to blow people's minds, substantially upgraded their defensive line just by drafting two dudes, bringing in F.A. Obata, you know, having guys back like Harrison Phillips, who was already coming into his own by the end of last year, getting Star Latula laid back, whether you want to say he was a real big factor or not in our defensive line which he was a lot of people like to downplay it but i'm going to say right now that the tampa bay buccaneers wrote the book on how to really really take down the chiefs and it was get back there and hit patrick mahomes it doesn't matter get back there even if he's able to get off this little pass you know kind of touch him a little bit make sure let him know you're there Get him uncomfortable, and I think that that's what the Buffalo Bills are going to do. Now, obviously, we're kind of rolling into this year with the same offensive line we had going into last year, even though they didn't really get to all play together because of injuries, so we don't know truly what that line was going to do. Some of the guys we brought in that I thought were going to be able to compete and take for spots, I've been quoted on the show as thinking that Forrest Lamp was going to beat out Cody Ford. That didn't happen. Sometimes we're wrong. But I truly think that the depth that we have just came from drafting. We literally drafted what we needed. And a lot of teams don't do that. Some do best player available. Brandon Bean said, no, we're going to draft best player available for what we know we need. And that was depth at offensive line and depth on the defensive line. And we're going to be able, I think, to get over the hump if we can consistently create pressure on the quarterback this year. And I've seen, we, we've we had people even on our show first round by uh, Miss Tia Estelle saying that the Bills were going to lead the league in sacks this year. If the Buffalo Bills even sniff that, saying that the, if you betted right now, yeah, if you bet right now, which some people can put in their sports bets if you want to, I believe the Buffalo Bills have it's plus 1200 for them to win the Super Bowl. If you put in that bet right now and the Buffalo Bills even sniff being one of the best defenses in the league, if they even get back to what they were in 2019 when they were like the third best defense in the league with this offense, you can already book your trip to Buffalo for that Super Bowl parade. Like it's it's over. It's over. I know I'm being a homer. I'm looking way too far out. But justice.
1: No I, that's, I, that's 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 absolutely true. Um I, I said it in 2019 if the if we had a better quarterback, we would have been in the Super Bowl. That's how good our defense was. Mm-hmm. Last year, if we had a better defense, we would have been in the Super Bowl. That's how good our quarterback was. This year, I call it the year of combination. Hopefully, you know, where they're able to come together and um you know, both be elite and both continue to be as great as as we know that they can be
0: yeah dude absolutely and it's been fun this show has been awesome we definitely ran over the 30 minutes i usually do but that's okay me and justice are just able to talk we could probably talk forever but the (laughs) we we got the dallas cowboys versus the tampa bay buccaneers coming up obviously i record these on thursdays because i like to get the most up-to-date information before these come out on Fridays. so justice let everybody know where they can find you, my guy, because even though they probably know where to find you already because you're so out there, uh, you, you got to tell them. Where can they find
1: you? <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at JA17MVP underscore bib but i'll probably pop up for the j17 mvp mm-hmm. uh please you know go check out the windshow factor it comes out every single tuesday check out uh home field advantage that's every single wednesday at 6 30. i'm sorry 8 p.m with my man caveman mm-hmm. uh maximum marvel obviously my man jake uh that's wednesdays and then um first round by every single monday 6 30 my man jake and we, we've got multiple platforms together and it's fun every single time so i really appreciate you having me on bro dude
0: always in the last minute pinch i can text you and be like hey man can you do this or something you're always (laughs) there it's (laughs) great
1: you always got me i I can't you know i'm saying i can't flake on you bro
0: i was about to say and in response when you text me i'm like yeah let's do it so definitely i love having that kind of camaraderie where we're able to just kind of have that dependency to be like hey if you need someone i'm here I'm here for you to call. But also, Justice just dropped a hype video for Steelers versus Bills. It literally just dropped right now as a Thursday. So you're listening to this on Friday. If you're driving, maybe wait. But if you're at a stop or something, man, go at the (laughs) Bills in Buffalo YouTube page and watch the Steelers versus Bills hype video. It's absolutely awesome. And then I also believe a hype video dropped like – the day before that, and it was Super Bowl caliber, which yeah. is awesome because I uh, I brought up two. I made one of those for last season. It was after the Houston loss. I made one. And th- those videos are always awesome. Super Bowl caliber, what this team is. Absolutely love it. You're able to find us everywhere on Mondays, on Wednesdays. Check out everybody on the Built in Buffalo platform. They are literally all over YouTube. There's different shows that you'll find on the podcast network. Maybe you're a YouTube show guy too. With me and Justice, we're on there. There's other people that are on there, all of the Built in Buffalo family. It keeps growing. Built in Buffalo, the brand, is just going to get bigger and bigger, and we would love for you to join the family. Make sure to go check out Built in Buffalo on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, everywhere. Go find it. You're going to love it. Built in Buffalo, Justice, Jake, this has been the lowdown the coolest place in bill's mafia outside of western new york and i will see you guys next week